Is it bad to be a people pleaser? Does people pleasing cause different types of mental health challenges or lead to developing a mental illness? This is a question that we're going to be answering in this episode. But before we jump into that, I want to thank you for listening to Mental Health Insights. My name is Craig Faust. I'm a licensed professional counselor. And let's uh, let's get to answering this question. As a therapist, I get a lot of people that will tell me different traits about their personality that usually others or they through their own you know self-reflection and discovery have noticed about them and it's very common for people to communicate to me that they are a people pleaser and you know if you look up a quick definition of people pleasing it's you know pretty roundabout it's pretty vague in my opinion that uh, it's just someone that wants to help out and is always willing to help out in whatever way studying for an exam helping you move you know they, they do different things to please other people they're usually pretty good friends to have and it's so interesting to me that there becomes a negative connotation towards being a um a negative connotation towards being a people pleaser because there is this extreme that people go to whenever they define it that it is someone that is constantly looking for reassurance someone that's constantly looking for just self-affirmation or love or care from other people. And that can be true to a certain extent. Um, I think that to answer the question, is people pleasing bad, right, or does it cause mental illness, it's maybe a little more complex, but I do just want to, you know, while we're doing the initial flyby to answer, I think it's really important to just talk about that in most human beings, this is a normal piece. There is an inherent quality about human beings that we want to help other people. This is pretty evident by the way that most societies around the world may view justice, or they may want to have laws, or they may push towards some type of equality or, or different things like that. There is this inherent sense in human beings of wanting to help those that may be less fortunate in some ways or that are underprivileged or underserved. And it's easiest to do that with our friends and family because we know them the most and those are going to be the people that are going to be most likely to ask for help. So this is wired into us, human beings being social creatures. We are put in a position that the, the way that our brains work, whenever we are trying to show someone love and care. One of those methods is to do things for them, to serve them in some way. And also, whenever someone serves us, there is this reciprocity, right, this desire to pay that back in some way that also shows up. It's really hard for somebody to accept help from somebody else without feeling the need to do something for them. And sometimes that could just come across as a thank you or that we appreciate it. Now, a lot of times whenever you get to people that are self-identified or, or other people have identified as a people pleaser, one of the commonalities that we see is that 
these people usually have lower self-esteem and these people are usually feel like they are not enough. Now, this is just very general. Usually feel like they're not enough. Usually feel like they're not cared for as much or they're not loved as much. So sometimes this causes them to double down on this attribute because if I can serve more people, if I can care for more people, if I could do more things for people, then they will care for me more. This is definitely whenever we can get into range of developing mental health related issues, but not necessarily because of the people pleasing part. Um, I would, I would be pretty, it'd be pretty hard to convince me that people pleasing on its own causes issues. What usually causes issues is the lack of responsiveness to helping. What happens is that we as human beings, whenever we respond in some way, we expect others to respond back, right? If I hold the door open for someone, there's a natural inclination for me to expect them to give me a smile or to make eye contact with me, maybe even to say thank you that I did that. That's just a natural inclination because, you know, culturally where I live, that's pretty typical. That's pretty much expected that there's going to be some type of response. And it doesn't even have to be a verbal response, right? Someone may just make eye contact and do a little head nod or something like that. Some type of acknowledgement of the action that happened right there. And what that does is kind of close the loop, right? I did something for you. You gave me a positive signal that makes me feel a little good about myself. Hopefully it does something for you, right? To show you that somebody cares, even if it's a stranger and end interaction. The thing is that if we loop all these together, that is usually how relationships form, right? You talk to somebody about a topic, they see that you're interested, they see the emotional engagement that you have, and then they want to reciprocate by continuing the conversation or adding on or pointing something else out. So there is a continuation and then you respond, right? Respond equals response. And usually where the quote-unquote people-pleasing issue comes in is whenever you're doing something for somebody, but they do not have a response or the response is not what you expected, right? So like if I hold the door open for somebody and they they look at me and they say, hey, like I didn't need you to hold open the door, right? Or they don't acknowledge me at all, they ignore me. Then one of the things that happens is there is a desire to actually double down on my own response. Right? Maybe they didn't get through. Maybe they didn't notice it. Maybe they didn't notice I was trying to care. This happens all the time. Consider different arguments that you've gotten in with people that you care about. Whenever they respond something to you or they tell you something and they see that you don't really quite agree with it, you're not on board with it, or maybe there's like an initial misunderstanding or anything, there's this inherent urge to double down on whatever it is that you're explaining, whatever it is that you're communicating, there is a desire to get them to get on the same page as you. All of this is pretty normal when, whenever we're just talking about strictly social responses that, that happen. And again, what happens in people-pleasing is a lack of predictable response, right? We expect that whenever we treat somebody with kindness that they're going to treat us back. And whenever that doesn't happen, this causes a certain amount of distress in our body, right? And that distress comes from that deep down feeling, right, going back to that vagueness, which I, I don't really care for the vagueness, but, you know, just to try to get people to understand this, right, a, a part of ourselves that feels like we're not really worthy, 
that we're not enough, that we're not lovable, that nobody can actually care about us. It hits that part. So it doesn't start out being about that part, but whenever there is a failure for a response or there is an unpredictable response or it lands wrong on us because we're expecting some type of predictable response, especially based on the uh, cultural norms that we may have, then we start to feel like, wow, I didn't do enough. Maybe I did something wrong, right? There becomes a, it becomes a mirror that we take to look in on ourselves, and that's whenever people-pleasing becomes really challenging. Whenever every time that we see a failure on somebody to respond the way that we think that they would have, and then we take that, and then we look at ourselves in some type of negative light. So, like, let's say, for instance, I go downstairs, and I tell my wife, Hey, good to see you this morning. I love you. You know, I'm going to go ahead and make some coffee. I'm going to hop upstairs in the shower. And she does not make eye contact. She does not give me any type of indication that she heard me or even just acknowledge my presence or, or anything like that. Well, you know, that's going to hit me wrong, right? I expect some type of response. I expect some type of acknowledgement. It is the lack of response that then causes me to initiate some type of hurt, right? I, I interpret that lack of response as meaning something about me, and that doesn't feel good. And since it doesn't feel good, it's going to elicit another response from me. And like I said, usually what that means is doubling down on whatever response, right? So I might say something again, or I might go do something for her, or whatever it is to try to elicit some type of response. So people-pleasing in itself is not inherently bad. What is inherently challenging is whenever we take whatever response that we get and we start to examine that as a reflection of ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. A lot of times whenever people are serving other people, they're doing that because their own internal world can be pretty poor. But that is not a prerequisite for you to want to serve people. That is a completely natural part. In fact, if you started to turn towards maybe something a little more self-absorbed or selfish, uh, depending on the cultural context or like you're just really prioritizing yourself, that can actually cause a lot of damage. And what I mean by that is usually whenever people are inherently more focused on themselves, usually they have worse mental health outcomes. And what I don't mean is that like taking care of yourself or self-care is bad. What I mean is that a hyperfixation on yourself, a paying attention to yourself, not others, causes issues. We are social creatures. We are designed to live in community, live around other people. We're designed to get response and feedback from others. And whenever we hyper-focus on ourselves or whenever we prioritize ourselves all the time, that's just not simply how most of us are wired. Now, are there some people that are wired like that? Totally. You know who's wired like that? Kids. Kids are always like that. But as you get older, right, there's some type of uh, expectation that you're going to grow away towards self-centeredness. And I know some of you are listening to this and you're like, I know tons of people that are adults that haven't done that. There's probably a lot of truth to that, right? Not all of us grow out of that. And, you know, it's a hard thing because actually the growing out of that, taking responsibility, serving others, caring for others, doing things actually helps us to be more mature adults. And it actually leads to us becoming more mentally healthy. So if you're a self-identified people pleaser and you feel really bad about yourself, make sure that if you are serving other people that there is some type of response that you get. 
And if you don't get responses from people, it's going to lead to you feeling worse about yourself. So make sure that you serve people that are going to give you some type of response. Does this make you unkind? Does this make you selfish? Does this make you self-centered? No, that's just a normal human interaction. One of the worst experiences that people have with others is when there is a zero response, when there is neglect of any type of response, when they say something, they do something, and there is no reaction from the other person. That is one of the worst things that can happen to social creatures like us. It causes all kinds of issues. Um, you know, there's a very famous you know, video called the still face experiment. Go ahead and, and uh, you can YouTube, you know, get on YouTube and um, search that. The still face experiment has this mom that is interacting with her child. Uh, it's an infant. And the child is very responsive. Mom's responsive. And then she stills her face, right? So she goes kind of stone face where there's no reaction or anything, no response to any of the child's, like, trying to get her attention, trying to engage with her, trying to get mom to do something, and it causes distress really quickly. This is wired into us. So if you feel like you're a people pleaser and that it, you know, it makes you feel bad about yourself, there are things that, that you do, start to think, am I not getting responses that I'm expecting? And if you're not getting responses that you're expecting in different areas, go ahead and serve other people. Allow yourself to lean into that part, not for love and recognition from other people, but it's nice because if you do get love and recognition from other people, it's going to make it easier for you over time to start to interpret that as a new reflection of how you can see yourself. This is a time thing. A lot of times people that develop these types of parts, you know, that we're calling people-pleasing, it develops because there is a neglect for appropriate responses whenever we do something that should be seen as helpful or should be seen in some type of manner as positive. All right? If my parents never told me that they are proud of me, never told me thank you for anything that I did, I'm going to go two ways with that. One, I'm never going to do anything for them again. Or two, what I'm more likely going to do is double down. And I'm going to try to try even harder to elicit some type of response. And it's going to cause a reflection inside of me that feels like no matter what I do, it's not enough. And that I need to do more. And that there's just something inherently wrong about me. And this causes that excessiveness that usually kind of gets thrown into that label of people-pleasing. Right? So if there's anything that you're taking from this today, I hope that you're hearing that people-pleasing is not inherently a bad thing. It's actually part of our uh, you know, or neurosociological functioning to be able to allow our brain to tap into a social situation and expect some type of consistent feedback. And if you're not getting it, do something with somebody that does get it. Right? Children are great for this. They'll give you positive feedback about things that, that you do that you like or you know, serve, serve populations that are underserved, you know, whether or not it's volunteering somewhere or something like that or there's a particular family member that you've been trying to help out and they haven't been as thankful. That doesn't mean that you stop helping them out. It just means that you also allocate time to help other people out that they can give you that positive feedback. Right? If this is a feedback you don't get, it's also okay to let people know that you need to know that. 
right? That you need to know that you're doing well, that they see what you're doing, that they acknowledge. If you're not in a safe enough relationship to do that, then stop doing it. Allow your efforts to double down and go somewhere else. Allow your efforts to be recognized somewhere else rather than keeping yourself in a place where it feels like you have to serve more and more and more and not be recognized because it's actually going to cause more damage to you. Right? It's a form of neglect. And a lot of times people don't recognize that they're doing it. Right? A lot of times people don't realize the psychological impact that they're having because really for them, being able to give that type of positive feedback, there's some type of block or there's some type of thing that's happening, right? There's some type of reason behind it. Usually it's actually not a lot of malice that's actually behind it. Usually there's something else. But for your own mental health and your own stability, then, you know, allow yourself to serve and, you know, quote unquote, people please in other areas where people are going to be responsive, right? So that it can give you a better reflection of who you are. So I hope this short exploration and answering of that question it was helpful in some way. I know that, like I said, I get a lot of people in my office that come in and tell me that they're people-pleasing, and what they want to do is stop people-pleasing, and that is a terrible idea. If you stop people-pleasing, you stop doing the, the one move that you know has a high chance or it has a chance of positive feedback, um, then you're basically trying to reshape your whole identity, which is a tough thing to do. But you're also taking away one of the powerful ways that we can get positive affirmation from people. We just got to find those people that are going to do that, right? We got to find those avenues, those volunteer positions, those careers, those, um, you know, those people around us that are going to recognize things that we do. And if they don't and, and you're in a good enough spot, let them know that you need to know that, you know, I, this is a conversation I have with my wife sometimes. Like, hey, you bring up a lot of times the things that I don't do. I need you to acknowledge some of the things that I do. You know, some of the things that I do well, some of the things that you see that I do that are helpful for you, because that's the thing that helps me motivated to do that more, right? That's the thing that helps me know that, you know, I'm doing right in this relationship, because if not, then I end up shutting down and end up internalizing and I end up moving away from the relationship. And that's usually a very helpful conversation that we have, right? Because my wife actually does want me to do things. You know, she wants me to participate in the relationship in a way, and, and she wants me to serve, you know, our family in a way. So, of course, you know, she doesn't realize or she doesn't recognize that she doesn't provide that feedback. So whenever I let her know that that's something that I need or that's something that I desire from her, it's easier for her to move into that space, right? Because I'm not blaming her or condemning her or anything like that. So again, I hope that you found this episode helpful. Of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out at Craig at Life Care Counseling STL. Dot com. Again, that's Craig at LifeCareCounselingSTL.com. I look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Until then, I hope that you continue your journey on improving your own mental health and just talking and connecting with others. And I wish you well. Until next time. Thank you for listening to our show. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and reliable information. And those that appear on the show are all licensed professionals in the area of mental health counseling. We are in no way rendering legal or medical advice, only information to help serve you better in making decisions in your life. If you need a professional, you should find one.
music you are listening to is called Lobby Time, and that is by Kevin McLeod and licensed through Creative Commons.